Welcome to Talk is Sheep, a podcast by the Wild Sheep Society of British Columbia. Join us as we cover conservation updates, tips and tricks to campfire chats. Hey, Steve-O, back behind the mic again. How's it going, bud? Good. How are you, buddy? Yeah, not too bad. I'm just down in Miami here, soaking up the sun for work. So essential services, doing my part. Uh, uh, but uh, all is well. So lucky I'm. I've been sitting in uh, lost living room, and occasionally I walk to Porto Backyardo, and yeah, it's 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 great. Uh, can't say I'm not envious of the sunshine down there that's streaming in through your room. It seems glamorous, other than yeah, exactly. Other than the streaming through the room part, where I'm not allowed <laughs> to go outside. But uh, anyway, uh, all doing our part, uh, flattening the curves. So uh, hats off to you and me for doing that. And uh, yeah, right on. Uh, so that was a pretty freaking awesome, uh, episode 11 with Dean and Trevor there. Uh, just Dean is just, he's off the hook, man. He's just so, he's so well, passionate about, uh, oh my God. Yeah. Just a fantastic, uh, I, I, I really don't know what was sure. more impressed, impressive about it. You like people listening to this are just going to hear it, but we got to see them live on, uh, on zoom. So I don't know what's more impressive is Dean's hair or Trevor's mustache. They were both just spectacular <laughs> works of art there. So we, we should even put in a, a poll, put in some pictures on the website of uh, each one and get, get votes and just, just so people can revel in the majesty. That was that. Yeah. Well, when I seen them, there's a one word that came to mind and it was feral. So yeah. It was, <laughs> yeah. And, it, and uh, you don't mean will feral, right? Yeah, exactly. So uh, just uh, about that podcast, just want to circle back. And um, when we were doing the intro on the last one, I don't know if I got it completely right, but uh, Dean Work is the president of the Fraser Valley Salmon Society. I think I maybe said Sturgeon, which we had a bit of a stumble during the the call on that as well. So anyway, he's president of the uh, Fraser Valley Valley Salmon Society. (laughs) So yeah, but uh, just wanted to make sure that was clear. Uh, but anyway, on to uh, episode number 12 now with uh, Omer Herbenich. I'm, I'm actually really stoked about this one. Omer's a longtime support, supporter of the society. Uh, he's one of our platinum members and um, super knowledgeable when it comes to the backcountry and hunting and uh, gear and uh, and just an ardent conservationist too. So pretty stoked to have him on the show today. Oh, t- totally. Like for those that don't know what a platinum member is, like we, we've got our life members, we got our monarch members, we got our gold, silver, and he, he's the, the, the top of the mountain. So ex- explain to people what a, a platinum member is and just how that affects uh conservation in general yeah for sure steve uh, so our monarch membership is an elevated membership we have our life members which are uh day in day in out supporting the organization and then uh, for those that want to kind of you know take it to the next level and um 
they have an opportunity to step up to Monarch and they can dedicate where their funds go, their money go. We have different levels. There's, uh, you know, our starter level at 1500 bucks, which is a lot of money, but it does a great work for conservation. And you can step it all the way up to platinum, which is a $25,000 donation. Um, it's cumulative, so it's over time. And Omer is one of the few in our group that have done that. He's uh, he's right at the top of the heap there. He's always been the first guy to step up um, through this Monarch program to support us. And, uh, you know, just fantastic the work he's done to support the society. And, uh, yeah, really, really excited uh, for it's a hell of done. a commitment. Hell of a commitment. Yeah. Speaking of donations, though, we uh, with with Omer, we've, we've got a couple of uh, raffles going on right now, right? Yeah, for sure. So Omer supported us um, with the, the Gunworks raffle. Mm -hmm. So that that raffle came together previously. It's been wrapped up now and we've drawn the winners for that. Um, but um, put some amazing money on the ground for wild sheep. He, and he was, uh, he spearheaded that donation, brought that all together for us. Um, so, and that put, you know, close to $90,000 on the ground for conservation, just uh, absolutely impressive. Uh, but anyway, that raffle's been drawn, but we do have our wild sheep raffles on now. We've got three hunt raffles. Uh, first place is a desert hunt um, that's available. Um, and then second, the second prize is uh the grizzly bear hunt we've got uh antelope hunt is our third prize and uh the fourth prize is the barney's ultimate sheep camp which is that thing's on fire it's going to sell out it's uh two-thirds of the way gone now um and overall our raffles are about halfway there um so two months we've sold less than two months we sold over half so if you're doing the math and you're looking to cam loops don't wait because it's not going to be there um great opportunity for a christmas present christmas is around the corner great giveaway um, so highly recommend you get on uh, on that, get some tickets for for Christmas time. Yep, definitely. Uh, touch on the mem we can touch on the membership drive too before uh, Omer comes on. We we've got a great membership drive going on right now. Uh, the winner of that gets a thousand bucks from either Sitka Yeti or Stone Glacier. So we, we say it all the time. There's no better time to become a, a member of the Wild Sheep Society than now. So have a look at our website wildsheepsociety.com click on the link there and you can either sign yourself up or or a, a budding conservationist we got we got memberships for kids uh adults family you name it the money all goes to a great cause well said steve right on well with that off to episode number 12 we're calling it platinum on the mountaintop the journey of a real life superhero with omer herbenich if you looked up the words conservation superhero in the dictionary, you would see a picture of our friend Omer from Precision Optics, a tireless donor and supporter of all things wild sheep. Precision Optics, located in Quinell, British Columbia, truly stands alone in the high alpine. From optics to rifles to outdoor gear and a knowledge that cannot be surpassed, toss in that killer smile and you have a total conservation package. Precision Optics, we are truly thankful for the support you show us every step of the way. Find them online at precisionoptics.net or in Aroma Foods, located just off Highway 97 in Quinell, BC. Hey, Omer, how's it going? Hey, guys, what's up? Uh, not much. Uh, Freaking awesome that we could get you on uh, on the podcast. We've been, uh, you're probably the busiest guy I know. You're either on the mountain or you're running in five businesses or, or something, but you're, uh, yeah, thanks for making the time because I know how yeah, busy anytime. you are. Of course, man. Very cool. So, uh, what uh, what's your fall look like? Did you kill anything, or what what happened there? Did you go hunting? Um, I yeah no I, I went I went on two hunts. Um, I didn't kill anything, uh, which uh, seems to be the theme for the last couple of years. Uh, other than I'm pretty pretty obnoxious to my toenails, um, 
But other than that, uh, I was privileged to be side by side with Garrick again, uh, Big G, when he took uh, his second ram at like just a phenomenal distance. Um, I mean, I could really go into that hunt if you want, but it culminated in, uh, in me and Big G sitting on a, a small band of rams, and we picked out one there that was pretty desirable. And um, uh, you've, I think you've met Garrick a few times. Like he's, uh, yeah, yeah, he's a hell of a guy. Like the man is literally a mountain. He's like one of the strongest guys you'll ever meet, and uh, he's very, very cerebral. And so anyway, we're we're sitting on these rams, and uh, <laughs> I arrange them, arrange the one that you know was a shooter, and it was like 9:40 at that point. We were on the opposing face. And we were in a hanging valley, so it had taken a long time to get up there. Anyway, long story short, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking at Eric, and I'm like, you know, we can get a hell of a lot closer. And he just looks at me and says, I don't think I want to. I'm like, <laughs> fucking A, like, game on. And, he, and he, he basically just put it straight out there. He's like, you know, may as well do this. May as well just prove everything that we do. So I was like, holy shit. So we're, uh, you know, we get all set up. We had the uh, phone scope on the uh, spotter. I won't uh, name drop what spotter it is, but I'm sure you can guess. Uh, so we uh, resumed him on, on this guy and uh, he's getting all settled in. And then just part of me like had to laugh because like this is a stone sheep, right? It's not like a slash rat bear that you're going to like dump at a thousand or try to, right? This is a fucking stone sheep. And he pulls out the kestrel. And I think <laughs> there's like a rule somewhere in sheep hunting lexicon that's like, if you need to pull out the kestrel and you're going to shoot a sheep, maybe you should get closer. <laughs> but um he um you know took his time read everything you know and he's he looks at me and i'm and the wind was kind of gusty and um he uh he's like look the wind's less than an moa and garrick is a quarter moa shooter okay you, you don't say that very often but it's just the fucking truth like and with that gun like he's got his gun so tuned it literally is part of him so long story short, um, you know, he makes this 909 yard shot on this Ram and we got it on video and it's fucking crazy because we don't put it up anywhere. He's very modest and you know, that, that sort of thing can attract the wrong kind of attention. But anyway, when I show people there's the crack of the rifle and there's this like fucking jeopardy delay of like, do, 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 do. And then bam, like it smokes them. And it's just the probably the most extreme thing that I've ever seen with my own eyes, and especially with Garrick, because uh, my very first sheep hunt, our very first sheep hunt, was together. And his very first ram in 2014, like, I was right beside him. And, and that one was no picnic either. So, you know, considering how what a fucking shit show this year has been, uh, and how busy he's been in his real life job, um, I couldn't have been happier. Well, maybe if I'd shot the round, but you know, <laughs> it doesn't always go that way. So wow. it, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty epic. And then, uh, yeah, it was kind of a compressed hunt, uh, but it was, it was amazing. I did the usual, like taking a photograph of every goddamn thing that's in front of me. So you know, I get to pick through that uh, through the, uh, you know, the next following months. And then, uh, the, you know, the other hunt I did was my annual, I feel like I need to get my ass kicked, so I'll go to Stewart Hunt. 
and that was that was a real good lesson as always on just how that place can uh, educate you on expectation um, so nothing died there just a few bottles of bamboo which is a really good rum by the way um, <laughs> I like it actually yeah yeah so no it was it was good what about you uh, no, keep going. Yeah, keep, let's let's hear about that. Do you, you have any? Uh, what did you learn Stuart? on that hunt? Anything exciting? No, yeah. we, we we went there and got pissed on like every day, and uh, <laughs> as is well, I okay. So that's not true. Uh, the first day that we got there, like I literally had the biggest hunting heart on because it was clear. Like I've been going there every year since two thousand and nine, and I mean it was clear, like to the moon. So I'm like, shit is going to die. Like, I was so pumped. So we're, we're checking all the usual spots, but the weather was a bit mild uh, for late October. And while that seems like a good thing, it's it's not. Because the billies are, like, to say they're high was a bit of an understatement. Like, the closest eligible billy was 1,700 after angle. Wow. So that wasn't happening that day because, you know, we're, we're sort of in – I don't know, you kind of fall into a, a stage where the weather's good. So like, Hey, let's take our time. Let's find good billies. Right. But you forget even, and I've been on a lot of billies that you're fucking goat hunting. Like you have no time. It's like, it's October in super steep country where it's lights out at about five 30 ish. And you don't actually get huntable daylight till after eight. So, I mean, realistically, you need to move right away. But we were a little bit tentative, perhaps a little hungover. Um, so we didn't we didn't pull the trigger on anything that day. And then the next few days was just really, uh, you know, rinse, repeat of like fog. You know, you'd have glimpses. We'd find a billy. Air pressure would change uh, around 3, 3.30. And uh, then you can make a move, but you're like scrambling up this ridiculous. I mean, until you go, I don't know if you've ever been there, Kyle, but until you go there, um, like it's, it's a real eye opener. There was a real great guy that was uh, just slight tangential point here. Um, his name's Zach. He's uh, like, he's a real go getter. He's in his early twenties and he's just full of piss and vinegar and, um, I've been talking to him on and off and he was actually texting me after we had left saying that he was going to go there. I was like, you know, I was giving him some pointers. Anyway, I just, I just had a, a good in-store chat with him and uh, you know, he's just like, fuck that place is just like so beyond anything. Um, but it's so addictive because it's so hard. Well, you know, you get this brief window where there's a Billy and, and then me and, and Benno and, and Edis are like scrambling to find a, position to shoot from and the the best opportunity i could get my friend ed was like 720 yards after angle and the angle was extreme i mean extreme uphill so i'm just kind of beside myself because ed's been on uh, a few hunts that's his third uh, steward hunt with me and he, he's up for a goat but he did not have a fair opportunity like 720 when you are trying to brace and shoot at a high angle like that um, but that's that's what that place gives you, right? It's like the harshest mistress, like shows you a little bit of light, and that's about it, you know. And then once in a while it comes together. But I that's go every awesome. year. 
glutton for punishment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Well, it sounds like a pretty good fall to me, man. Uh, I'm pretty similar to Goat Hunt. Actually, you and I haven't had a chance to talk about that yet, but uh, I won't get into that with that story. But uh, yeah, it's um, late season goat hunting is always an experience for sure, man. So. Um, what I did want to jump into, Omar, is so you, you were talking about uh, Garrick's Ram. Um, let's just jump back there. So um, if anyone's going to do any long-range shooting, it's you and your team. Uh, you guys are dialed in. You're at the range all the time. I'm wa- I've watched you on Insta and Facebook and all that sort of stuff, social, and you're always out there. So um, what, what's what's the setup? What are you guys shooting? What is Garrick, what's he dialed in with? What's his setup right now? Well, he's probably not the <laughs> He's, he's probably not the best example because, like, he, he's running a custom built by our, our good friend uh, Andy at uh, Dragon Mountain Machine. Uh, it's a Defiance Deviant Action with a Hell's Canyon Armory barrel on uh, some sort of manner's stock with the trigger tech and all that shit. And he's got that thing, uh, you know, he's tuned the BC to, uh, like, a 1,000 yards. He's pushing the 215 Burger uh, at just under 3,000. So... You know, it gives him, a, I think, a pretty unfair advantage against anything that he wants to shoot because he shoots that gun, like, so much. Um, you know, outside of that, you know, I was packing a Gunworks um, as I've kind of become addicted to bringing them out there. I've also become addicted to just, like, flat-out fucking them up when I'm hunting with them. Um, I, uh, <laughs> I I used it as, a like, a, like a toboggan down a little bit of scree and... Uh, that gun went from uh, consistent like third MOA to uh, eh, about an inch now, so it needs a little bit of work. And um, yeah, I mean it's 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 pretty cool. I, I never actually thought uh, I would see that as much as we like preach this stuff. You know, I talk to people every single day of the week. That's kind of all I do. Like if anyone ever calls in here, like and listens to this podcast, like they, they know the extent that I'll talk to someone about this stuff to make sure it works and then follow through. But I, I honestly never thought I'd see one of my friends take a 900 yard poke at a stone sheep. Um, so it was, and it wasn't controlled, you know, it was just wide open in a valley and that sheep was where he was. So, you know, pretty cool. Um, I'd like it if maybe he'd move to a gun that we sell. <laughs> <laughs> not 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 that he wouldn't but um you know that that thing is his baby and um you know again i gotta give a shout out to andy voigt uh with um dragon mountain the guy is like he's an artisan when it comes to building rifles and um you know he did a number on that one yeah right on man uh it sounds like a pretty slick setup for sure so um, let's, let's jump into the gear stuff. So your owner precision optics, uh, you got a great, great shop there and you, and you've really diversified actually. I've been surprised at all the different stuff you got. Um, so what's, what's a favorite right now? What do you, what do you turn in guys to? And I know the thing is with you, Omar, you're out on the, on the mountain, you're using this stuff. I know you're a busy guy, but you spend a lot of time in the backcountry, and, and you're like a true hardcore backcountry guy. Um, like Not as much as I like legit. to. I mean, that, that's the truth. You know, the busier this gets. I mean, if you want to jump backwards a bit, like I want to complain a little. Because the whole reason I got into this business was because I got addicted to to mountain hunting. But I couldn't fucking find anything. Like I, I literally got <laughs> – it was like 2009. And I, I couldn't get anyone to sell me a, a fucking Swarovski spot and scope. 
I'm not shitting you. I'm like, I want to give you $2,000 to buy a Swarovski spotting scope. Will you sell it to me? And nobody would do it. And I'm no hyperbole here. I was like, this is insane. I called, I called anywhere in the neighboring towns. I didn't call Vancouver. I mean, I, I could have at the time, I guess. But finally, I was just like, you know what? This is dumb. So I called the guys that were dealers for Swarovski. And I said, like, do you have anyone in this area that wants to sell shit? And they're kind of like, well, actually, no. And I'm like, okay, well, fuck. Like, what do you need? You know? So, you know, we're, <laughs> our primary business is grocery and garbage. And uh, they thought that was kind of funny. But um, there just wasn't support for their product out this way. And so, like everything I do, I just jump, you know, I don't put my toe in. I just jump off the dock with both feet and um, just started adding brand after brand. And, you know, I, I, it still amazes me. And I don't mean this as a slight to anybody out there, but people call here and they've gotten such poor information or lack of information. And maybe it's because like nobody gives a shit today and doesn't want to talk to them or more likely maybe they haven't used the gear, but there is so much white noise out there with gear that really you don't need to know that you have options because you have the option for absolutely anything you want to roll with any caliber, any kind of, you know, make style of rifle, so many different types of scopes, any magnification, like a million permutations but you almost need a guide to sort through it. And, you know, I've been doing this for quite a while now. And uh, sometimes you get talked out, like spending 10, 11 hours, like talking and emailing with people. But um, I don't know. I guess the only thing I could say is like, like I literally started this part of our businesses just out of pure frustration but um, I really try to guide it now with like love, you know, um, I'm not doing anything uh, I think significant here. Like I'm selling toys, but you know, I always remind myself, like I never know who's on the other end of that phone. And you know, he could be a gajillionaire buying a gunworks, and he could just be a guy that's like, he's got the, the bug. Like he has to go sheep hunting. And he's got to do it with, you know, within a budget, you know, he's had to like work overtime and like sell other things that matter to him and like curry favor with his significant other so that she doesn't castrate him. And, um, you know, I, I got to make sure that when they buy something, like I'm doing them some justice, otherwise I shouldn't be doing it. And I think there's plenty of people out there that, you know, would totally agree with this. Like I have literally talked to people out of spending money or more money when there is, you know, a better value for them. Um, and that, that, that's sincere. Uh, this is people's yeah, yeah. hobby and their passion. And, um, you know, uh, very often this is what people have to look forward to. Like I remember when me and Jeff, my main hunting partner, uh, like first got into it. I mean, we were so sick for it that, um, like we, we just, everything was planned around that. So, you know, uh, if I have any significance at all, it's just, you know, trying to help people connect with the right gear and give them the, give them the straight goods and just give a shit. 
right? Yeah. Like you, if yeah, you don't care, sure. then you know you should be doing something else, I guess. So I mean, I it's fun. It's toys. It's but it, like I actually do take it pretty seriously, Kyle. Um, it's it's the it's it's the only thing that I can really do of significance right now, uh, other than you know talk about it. So there's a, I got a couple things I want to jump back on. So you talked about getting into the business uh, back in '09. So there's a story, and I don't know if I've shared this with you. I probably have, but um, you know, I, I think it was '11. I was looking for a new spotter. Um, mine had kind of outlived its useful life. It wasn't kind of you know doing that what I needed to do in the backcountry. I was pretty new to mountain hunting too, very new to mountain hunting. And uh, so I was looking online, trying to find everyone to get a Swaro spotter. Okay, so me and my buddy, we're going to split it, Mike and I, right? And um, we're doing our research. And I'm like, on Hunting BC, where I was doing my research, I, I see this link, like, oh, check out Aroma Foods. And I'm like, okay. So <laughs> I, I, I did all the stuff, you know, I, I you know, at the, at the time, you didn't have a a, a website or anything, right? So, no, um, no, like, God, no. Um, so I, I reach out to you and... Uh, and have a dialogue and you're like, Hey, you know, and, and again, I, I can vouch for your passion and your, you know, your, your support. And again, you know, just a, a kid looking for a spotter and, you know, we didn't have a ton of money. Mike and I threw everything together that we had kind of to get this thing. Right. Like we had a, our last spotter, we spent 300 bucks and we split that one. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so you're like, okay, you know, and we have dialogue and, you know, look at our options and, and we're okay. Yeah. We pulled a pin. I, I EMT you the funds. And then I'm like, I'm looking at my bank account and it says Aroma Foods. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm like, funny. I'm like, I'm like, I did I just send some dude on the internet three grand or whatever it was at the time for a spotter that, that has a, that, that's a food company. I'm like, so I, I literally panicked. I lost it. Cause I'm like, oh, I can't afford to lose that. And then I got half of it's Mike's money. And, uh, so then I'm Googling Aroma Foods and Swarovski, and I actually found you on Swaro's website as a dealer. I was so relieved, man. I was panicking, literally freaked out. Uh, yeah, That's pretty funny. So. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting combination. I mean, I'm, I got something to say about the whole uh, the whole uh, pandemic store layout uh, later. But, um, like, you're just kind of, like, bringing me back to, like, that period of time. Like, we take for granted the gear that is available to us right now. I mean, everything is so dialed in. Like it is, there's really no guesswork. It's it's there. You just got to find it. Like back in 2000 and like, I really started hunting in 2006. I mean, I'm super late bloomer, um, like embarrassingly so. I mean, I grew up, I grew up in a, like surrounded by hunters. Like my dad and all of his like jabroni immigrant fucking logger buddies were like, you know, hunting and shooting and doing all this stuff. But like my formative experiences with hunting were actually like very negative. So, um, you know, I started late, uh, only after moving here and only after the urging of, you know, a, a good buddy of mine at the time, but gear was just not where it is now. I mean, I remember when I was getting my kit together, like for like clothing, there was like Sitka and it was in its infancy and they were figuring shit out and not very well at the time. Like, do you remember Mothwing Mimicry? Do you remember that stuff? Yeah. I still have somebody. Really? Do you, yep. do you remember? Yeah, I've got, I've got a set. Do you remember the 90% stuff? The uh, 90% yeah, gear? Like thinking back yeah. on that, like, I don't know what anyone was thinking because like what 90% <laughs> of what? 
Like, so it's going to keep me fucking dry and warm 90% of the time. Well, what about the other 10%, which is like 90% of the conditions you're in. I remember wearing that on my first hunt and I was like, like the cold wind blew. And I was like, what the fuck is that? Like what just happened? Like you're freezing your balls out there with stuff that you spent a small fortune on. Like that's not fun. And packs, you know, now you want a pack of a certain size. You want a load shelf. Like, what do you want? Princess, you can have it back then. Well, here's a Badlands pack. It starts at about 15 pounds or like, you know, or just like a frame and then throw a bag on it. I mean, we're so spoiled now. We don't realize it. So I, I just remember those early, early years. And it was just like, I mean, I did the right thing and king in on Swarovski is what I needed for an optic that led me right away to the top of the optics game. And then, uh, you know, I just, I, I educated myself so quickly on that. But everything else was such a struggle, like sleeping bags and tents. I bet you I bought like 10 sleeping bags before I found one that was decent. And same with tents. Like I went through a whole pile of terrible tents until I discovered Heilberg. Um, it was kind of like, remember Pulp Fiction? Like when yeah. Bruce Willis goes to that pawn shop mm -hmm. and he's like, he doesn't know what he's looking for. He just knows he needs something to kill that anal rapist guy. He like grabs like yeah. a baseball bat and then like, anyway, he sees the samurai sword eventually. Like that's what it was like. You didn't know what you needed. You just knew you needed something. And I mean, rebuying is terrible. You know, I did that with bows. I did that with guns. I did that with, like I said, sleeping bags and tents and boots until you kind of find out what you want. But now, I mean, these guys are all spoiled. Like, I'm sorry but they're all spoiled. It's all there ready for them. Whatever they want, they just got to figure it out. But the uh, hunting's harder. With you, oh, it definitely is. And I think with you too, Omer, that's the thing is, uh, you know, people can have that dialogue. I'll call you up and say, hey, what do I need here? Like, I, you know, and people can go online. They can go to whatever the big box store. And, that, and that's, I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. But um, like, honestly, you kind of need to try this stuff out, right? Like, there's yeah. there's some good quality gear out there that doesn't necessarily, it's maybe not fit for your for your experience or some yeah. of it's not, there's some stuff there that's every once in a while they create something and it's it's a miss, right? So having that dialogue with someone like you, like, I, you know, when I'm buying something, if I'm buying a pack or buying, um, you know, a piece of gear, I'll, I'll call you up and, and have some dialogue. And, um, you know, I've done that several times and I, I think that, that that's a really important part of the uh, industry that's going to hopefully stay here. Cause we need people like that to like mentor us and put us in the right direction. Right. Um, well, it's, I, it's I hard given the nature of retail, Kyle, like retail is a, is a bottom motivated business. Okay. There's a constant grind to the bottom. And um, I mean, I, you know, we're in the grocery business. We've been in the grocery business for 40 fucking years. As it's like a miracle to survive nowadays when you're, you know, I got a Walmart and an extra foods just up the street. They're massive competitors, but that makes you tough and you find your edges there. You know how to like deal, you know, how to, how to entice your customer to come back. And, um, you know, you got to use whatever edge you have. So, you know, if, if people want like the straight goods on stuff and they're willing to ask the right questions, you know, they just got to find the person that's willing to tell them. Um, but again, the problem is finding a shop, that has experience as a guide and some conscientiousness 
versus, you know, just a sheer motivation to sell, which, you know, that, that is not, a, that is not something you can overlook when you're trying to run a business nowadays. Like you need cash flow, you need to turn stuff over, but if you can find a place and it, I'm not saying it has to be us or anybody else, just find a place that's got passion, even a gear line. You know, if you find a line of gear and those guys have passion there, you know, I'm, I'm going to, I mean, I sell them, I sell their stuff. They're a huge supporter for you guys, but like say like stone, Gla stone glacier. I mean, those guys are in it for the right reasons. You know, they're out there using it. Same with Kaferu. Um, Aaron is as legit as it gets because he was, you know, using that stuff before he ever worked there. And, and now he's guided by um, the, the, the correct principles when you're cranking out gear. Uh, like you always got to put out stuff to sell, but you need to give people the right thing. So if you key into that, it solves a lot of problems. But again, there's so much white noise out there with gear. You got to have something to sort of blow the chaff away from the wheat. And um, mm -hmm. sometimes the internet's not your best friend. I mean, if you want to, if you want to end a conversation very quickly with me or have me like, Oh, I got to grab this other call. It's like, well, I've been reading on the internet. I mean, like, fuck that. Like don't read <laughs> reviews because most of those are paid reviews. You want to actually, you want to get some real stuff. Like, yeah, I mean, in the good old days, like HBC, you know, places like that, like Bosite, um, Rockslide, mm -hmm. like there are some people out there that are speaking the truth yeah. or, you know, heaven forbid you're allowed to have a congregation of say sheep hunters in one room to talk about stuff, right? That's where stuff really comes out uh, at, at, at like the sheep show, um, you know, any of those things. Cause everybody there is, they're either um, they're either a doer or they're a, like a very apt pupil and uh, willing to listen. And, and that's where stuff really happens. I think. Yeah. Right on. Uh, so, Let's throw me a bone here. What what am I? What do I need for a sleeping bag? Um, so you said you've been through a dozen. I've got one. It's good, but you're looking for a mid-season sleeping bag. Give me a name. Uh, those SG. I, I've What's got that? a Coleman, Coleman from Canadian Tire. Those are, I've got those, a Coleman from Canadian. Those are cozy tire, if you so got a shirt or a packet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Kyle, let's go hunting. All you got to do is just put a <laughs> stick over his head, dangling a bottle of scotch. And he'll just keep going. Um, um, so I mean, I, you know, again, I, I'm not just touting them because I uh, I sell them, but those SG down bags are are crazy good. Um, okay. Like everybody that's bought them that I've circled back and spoken to, they love them. Like they're 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 shaped okay. appropriately for, you know, for for mountain hunters. Uh, meaning like they're, they're a modified mummy. They're not constricting. Uh, there's nothing worse than like zipping into a mummy bag and you just can't move. You can't even scratch your nose because you're so like jammed in there. Mm -hmm. uh, so for larger stature guys, those, those bags are good. And, you know, I'm, I'm probably going to get some hate for saying this, but um, there's nothing like down. Um, there's, I know plenty of guys that they run synthetics and, you know, I, I would also recommend the Kaferu slick bags if that's what you're looking for those things are uh they're they're bomb proof they're they're very they're the next warmest thing to to down um you're not going to get caught out if that thing gets soaking wet but um me personally after running 
a whole slew of bags. Um, I, I like a you know a down bag. It doesn't have to be like an SG. It could be any brand, uh, but um, down is far warmer. Uh, you know, pure per cubic inch, uh, it insulates better than any synthetic I've ever ran into. And it's lighter. And uh, with a lot of these treatments that they have now, um, if you're if you're conscientious with your gear, um, it's not going to, you're not going to get, you know, you, it'll never get wet enough unless you like really submerge it, but it's not going to function as a sleeping bag. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Omer. I've been running dry down on a, I think it's a mountain hardware I've had. I've had it about yeah. eight years now. And not, yeah, I yeah, I love it. I, I'm with you. And, but I'm, I'm to the point, I'm exactly like you. I've got this mummy thing and I'm, I'm a big guy, as you know, and just, uh, I feel like I'm freaking locked in there and I can't imagine if I'd ever had a bear or something, you know, and well, <laughs> had to get out. Like it, it takes me a sec, like 10 seconds to get the zipper up. Right. That's exactly it's so funny. Like, you know, these things, sometimes you think about these things and you're like, okay, I got a mental disorder. Like, but like, it's, it's true. Like one of the first bags that I bought, I bought it based on the fact that it had two side zippers. Like it didn't have a single zipper. It had a, it had zippers on both sides so that you could like, yeah. it had dual zippers. So you could literally stick your arms out. And, and I remember, uh, wow. And I'm not ashamed to say that, you know, first, of my couple of hunts I slept and I literally had my, my security like in my hands as I was trying to sleep, <laughs> which, but the bag was terrible. Like I was so uncomfortable, you know, I bought it based on that. And also it was light. And, um, I'm the first guy to say that anybody making gear choices, uh, for the Alpine, like weight cannot be your first priority. Okay, like performance is mutually exclusive from weight. In fact, you, mm -hmm. you can sacrifice safety, comfort, and functionality for weight. Again, there's mm -hmm. going to be plenty of people that can, you know, like Waylon, you know Waylon. Like yeah. every sheep season, he's yeah. always like, oh, my fucking back weighs fucking 55 pounds. Well, I'm just like... First of all, you're not a full stature man. Second of all, you pack five <laughs> hour energy as food. Okay. Number three, nobody can fucking live like that. Now the guy's a fucking killer. <laughs> like he's got more sheep than any of us. Um, he, he's as hard as nails, but he's figured out. But at the same time, you know, he's made sacrifices on gear. Well, that being said, you know, the smart motherfucker found a, like, it's like a one pound little, uh, stool. It's a carbon fiber chair that he packs in the mountain. So everyone else who's heavier than him is like sitting on rocks and he's sitting in a lounge chair anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, but, I, but you know, like again, on this last sheep hunt, Derek and I were discussing this cause we're very like, we're nerds. Um, but we're discussing a lot of our gear and again, like I will not, I, I did it and I suffered for it. I mean, I look back on some of my gear choices and they're documented and you know, it's funny to look back on, but I was pretty lucky uh, just choosing the wrong thing. I, I, I tried to go ultra light and um, you know, there for the grace of God, I'm kind of still here. Uh, you know, one of the 
small anecdote. I was using uh, Big Agnes. I don't know whatever the hell bag it was, but it was the lightest bag, and it had an integrated, um, you know, thermarest, so you wouldn't roll off of it. But I mean, the thing was like, it was like tissue paper. And then I, I found this tent, and I'm not slighting the brand or anything, but it was just a, it was a light three season tent. It was the MSR Carbon Reflex. So it was a mesh tent with like a fly that didn't go all the way to the bottom. It wasn't a bathtub design. And I took that into Stuart. And I think that was um, 2013 or 2014-ish, I think. I think it was 2013. And I, I remember I documented that hunt. And I put all the pictures on, on both sites. And like, it's funny. I wish I could share the picture. You see my carbon reflex tent. And it's like a snowstorm. There's like a couple feet of snow around the tent. And like if you'd followed the uh, sort of the pictures, it was pretty apparent that I was like literally on the top of the mountain range in Stewart. Okay, like you can, I won't say how I got there. I mean, anyone that knows that area, you know, they kind of know some things, but I was up top there, like right up top. And uh, I'll never forget, like, I put it on both site and, and Aaron Snyder, who I met um, again, way before he was like a Kaferu, he was testing packs and stuff. And, you know, he was a real hound on the message boards and um, his, his concise summary was like, are you fucking retarded? <laughs> like that is a three season mesh tent. What is wrong with you? Right. And so him and I were talking back and forth and I told him my experience with that tent and I literally like got up to the top of that range. Um, it got completely snowed in. I couldn't do anything. Uh, I, I remember it so vividly, like it's just happening. Like I got out of the tent and I went for a bit of a walk and I was literally maybe 40 yards from the tent and I stopped and turned around. I couldn't see the tent. Like it was, <laughs> it was snowing that heavily. So I, so I literally like, I was like, holy shit. So I followed my disappearing tracks back to the tent, crawled in and I'm laying there. It's like three or four in the afternoon. It's going to be lights out around, you know, five thirty-six, and it's going to be a long night. So I made my meal, tried to keep myself calm. I boiled some water, filled my Nalgene bottle, put it in my, in my bag with me. And the wind picked up and the snow didn't abate. And uh, this went on for like a long time. And I, I remember like I was drifting off and then I got, I woke up cause like the tent kind of pushed down on me like that, that tent is very spindly. So I banged on the, you know, I, I went to bang on the side of the tent so that the snow would slide off the fly and, but it wasn't. And I didn't really realize at the time, but what was happening was, you know, the, the condensation from me, and from like the heat generated by that bottle, which I thought was a good idea, was going right through the fly, mm -hmm. sorry, right through the mesh tent, hitting the fly and started to create like a little, you know, snow would hit it, partially melt freeze. And so then the snow stuck to that tent. Mm -hmm. And so it was about 1130 and I'm like, oh my God, like I got to get off the mountain, like in the dark, in a snowstorm by myself because I, I was only solo hunting goats uh, for years at that point. 
And so, um, you know, that's exactly what I did. Pack up your shit, stuff it in your bag. And it's not like inconvenient. It's like, oh my God, I'm way over my head here. I've made a serious, serious error. So I, I humped off the mountain, um, a ways, you know, thank God I had a good GPS. And, and to be clear, when you're up there, it's a little bit like a plateau. So you're not really at risk of, you know, falling anywhere as long as you follow the correct path. And I got down to a little, little patch of those scrubby little evergreens and set up my tent again and made it through the night and, um, and ended up concluding that hunt and getting a, a decent billy. But, um, I mean, that's how far down the shithole you can go if you buy the wrong gear and chase the wrong thing. And so, you know, one, once again, like weight, mm -hmm. you got to be careful where you save it. Um, you know, if you want me to go on on that, I do a lot of talking to guys about lightweight guns and uh, we carry everything, um, virtually everything. I mean, we keep adding brands. And I, I remember, you've probably heard this. Have you heard the uh, the story that Kimbers don't shoot? Like Kimber, Montana, Mountain Ascent, they're light, but they don't shoot? Yeah. Well, that's absolutely not the yep. truth. Uh, I've seen many of those guns perform exceedingly well. But, you know, once again, uh, Garrick and I have analyzed this, and we were talking about it just recently because it's going to seem like a fucking gear plug, okay? But uh, it's, I swear it's not. Uh, we just got a big batch of um, a rifle that for, for 2020, uh, like this gun um, was the gun that had me more excited uh, than any other gun out there, except maybe Top Gun 2, whenever that comes out. But like literally this gun got me so pumped that I couldn't wait to get them in my hands. And that's the Weatherby Backcountry, uh, the Backcountry and the Backcountry TI. Um and so they're beautiful guns. Okay. Like I've seen, I've seen so many great guns from so many brands now. Um, I like to think I'm like Ron Jeremy later in his career, you know, a few years back, I was like him, I was like him, you know, like when he was young and he's just like, fucking a, like I'm up, you know, he's up at the crack of dawn or whatever the name her, her, her name is. And he's just like into everything. Everything's great. Now you see everything like 50 times. You're like, yeah, yeah, okay. That's a great looking gun. Okay, what's for lunch? Well, this gun like literally got me pumped up to the point where I just couldn't stop talking about it. So we got them. And let me tell you, like this, that Creedmoor that I'm going to send you, right? That, that Backcountry TI Creedmoor. Okay, that thing's yeah. like four pounds. I think it's like nine ounces. The 280 Ackley, which has a longer barrel, is, is four pounds, 15 ounces. I mean, it's insane. Like you can scope that thing with, you know, like a, a VX3i, four and a half to 14 by 40, you know, all the bells and whistles, like everything you need, it's going to be under six pounds. But here's the thing. That's great to carry, but you have to be very, very deliberate in how you shoot a gun of that weight. If it's too light, it's whippy. Most guys will understand this. And that's where the myth of the Kimbers don't shoot comes from. If Matt from if Matt from Korth ever hears this, he's gonna Makes sense. he's gonna love me because they deal with that all the time. But the reality is, you know, 
if you're going to get a light gun, you're going to have to practice shooting it. And uh, I'm not a bit like when people buy a system from us, if they want to go that way and they want like a thousand yarder, which is easy to do mainly because of the progression of optics. And, you know, we got ballistic compensating range finders and just anything you need. But uh, I'm pretty cautionary in telling them that, like, look, if we're talking shooting on game here, uh, you know, you, you need to think 600 yards or less, like at max, just simply because while that gun, like we can get it in your hands and we've proven that it's like 0.5 MOA capable. But in the moment when it's that unsteady, you're actually like two and a half to three MOA or worse. You know, Garrick's gun is with scope, it's in the nine pound range. So when you put, you know, something like an Atlas bipod on it and you load that bipod, given the inherent weight of the gun and the, and the positive pressure that you're putting on it, it's going to do what it's supposed to do. You get a gun that is, you know, significantly less than that. Like you physically can't really put that kind of pressure on a bipod that you would mount on that to reduce the reticle wobble sufficiently, in my opinion. And, you know, there's a lot of people out there like, that guy's full of shit. He doesn't know what he's talking about. I didn't make this stuff up. This is all fact. I'm just I'm just uh, an asshole enough to tell people when they want to buy stuff. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Not brutal honesty. Yeah, there's a serious lack of it out there. You get bullshit every day on your phone, that's for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Or yeah, rattle, I, you want to go down that. now? <laughs> uh, I've seen I've seen that with um, <laughs> you know with with my rifle shooting a gunworks and um, you know Mike's a better shot than I uh, every day and he's got a, a Barrett Fieldcraft um, super lightweight. But um, you can just tell the Gunworks is uh, just consistently that more accurate, um, and just you know you get that extra weight and that comfort level. And um, yeah, he he kills me on the mountain. He's two pounds lighter. But um, in terms of if you're going to make a long range shot, you're going to take yeah. the Gunworks any day. And, and he's the first to admit it, right? So and that's a beautiful gun. Like the Barretts are um, right in the the sweet spot of of guns that I I like. Um, I regret not being able to put one of those in in Mike's hands when he inquired about it. Um, you know, you guys are, you guys are such pricks. Cause when you want something, you want it right fucking now, which I respect. So he, <laughs> he wanted it and he had a line on it, but in, it eventually it led me to making inquiries that helped get them here. And, uh, it's, right. it's a tragedy because right now, uh, Barrett's not producing any because of, you know, a combination of COVID and just the demand for their military products. But that is a, if, if someone, if like anyone that listens to this has never been able to see a Barrett Fieldcraft in person, it's actually, you, you've held it. It's freaking beautiful gun. Everything about it is yeah. just like the engraving, the stock, it's fully bedded and they freaking shoot. But, you know, it introduces, any light gun like that is going to introduce MOA error when you're shooting simply because of reticle wobble and reticle wobble is just a consequence of, you know, the dynamics of the gun, um, you know, to plug, to plug gun works, you know, just think of, think of how much you liked your, uh, your fierce six, five PRC, right? 
that thing shoots phenomenal. You know, our, our good buddy Nolan owns that gun now. Like the thing just drives tax. But, yeah. you know, when you transition from that to the climber stock, the Gunworks climber stock, it's really a revelation. There is, there's mm -hmm. so much nuance in gear and, and, and rifle stocks is really one of my favorite uh, areas to explore because it just makes such a difference. Like you never, when you point that stock, like it, it's like a, I always use the analogy, like people ask me, you know, are they worth it or this or that? Or, and I'm like, well, it's worth, it's worth it to somebody, you know, like, do you want like a Ford XLT with like no trim package or do you want the limited cause you're the man and that's what you like to drive. Right. But there also is a performance yes. premium in there. And, and I liken those stocks to an obedient dog. They do exactly what you want them to. When you point it in the direction, everything about that stock has been designed to reduce recoil and to like facilitate um, natural point of aim. Whether you're putting it on a bag, whether you're using a bipod, if you're using a rear bag, it's been designed to just situate itself where you want to point it. Uh, like, I'm actually interested, you know, I, I'm, I'm not putting words in your mouth. I'm actually interested to, cause I've never asked you this. Obviously you love the gun, but like, did you notice a significant difference when you moved from one stock to the other? Yeah, without question. Um, it just, uh, it's a different experience for sure. That, like you said, with the fierce, it was a tech driver. Just, you know, you just felt, I, I, and to be honest, I never did a lot of long range stuff with the fierce. I never really got that comfortable. Um, but now with the gun works, it just felt the progression so much quicker. But the second I, I just holding it, just when you put it in your arm and put it, uh, it just feels right for sure. So it, there's something special about it for sure. And I, I, I've never had a rifle like that where you went, oh yeah, that's the one for sure, without question. So. Yeah, I mean it justifies the expense, right? Yeah. Kind of sucks when you fall on one though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Scratch it up. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I have that story too. But uh, um, hey, so can we transition? Because I know we got limited time with you here, Omar. Because yeah, sure. yeah. um, we could we could talk gear for three hours, and actually, 100%. I think we will do a dedicated gear one here later down the road. But so my experience with you actually was again HBC and rubber fist and and that whole oh, doll God. sheep and uh, yeah. which which is. I don't know if you're actually oh my God. more known for your, your uh, writing skills or your gear or, or what it is, but um, certainly in the wild sheep community, uh, your conservation footprint is is huge. And like you said, you know, you weren't even hunting 20 years ago or 15 years ago. You were a late onset hunter, adult onset hunter, whatever you want to call it. Um, <laughs> I like that. But, <laughs> but how, what's, what's this transition? Where did this conservation footprint become such a big thing now? Like when I look at the society, there's been people that have been, you know, doing this for decades, stepping up. Um, but, you know, what you've done in the last five, six, seven years with the society uh, to make things happen in terms of our fundraising, supporting us there, it's uh, it's certainly the top of the heap. And uh, it's no coincidence that you're a platinum member. So where does this conservation footprint come? Um, I get the hunting part of it, but there's also this conservation angle, too. So tell me about that. Where's, what's your mantra or your, your outlook on that? Um, I mean, I think it all finds its root in the fact that like, you know, I've got a mental disorder. Uh, I just, when I, 
get into something. I just, I, like I said, I don't put my toe in. I'm like, well, fuck, let's have a look here and just dive in. You know, um, I'm, so I, I'm not, I'm not being dramatic when I say that like mountain hunting, like literally changed my life. Like it, it changed my whole perspective on just, just about everything. Um, and I was a very, very different person with different priorities before I moved back here to just help my family with their businesses. I had a completely different career that surprises people when I tell them, but um, hunting was the furthest thing from my mind. And like I said, I had very negative. I'll just, I'll tell you this story very quickly just to, cause it all kind of leads to a place. So my first, the first gun that I ever shot, I was nine years old. It was my dad's 300 Weatherby. Like you can kind of guess where that went. Right. <laughs> and then, so I got over that right on your end. And, um, <laughs> we were in the Chilcotin and like I said, my dad had this still has this great group of immigrant barbarians that, you know, they're just crude implements, very successful, just the toughest guys. And, uh, you know, they, they worked hard and played hard and I'll never forget like me and a, a fellow victim, our dads made us shoot their guns and we ended up crying and everybody's laughing at us and throwing us around and blah, 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 blah. So, <laughs> so that was great. And then, uh, so he got me a pellet gun, which he called a pellets gun. So I'm, I'm you know, I got this pellet gun and uh, my dad's done so many things. Um, he was uh plaster mining out by Wells and, uh, you guys are going to fucking laugh at me, but I, uh, I was going around shooting stuff with my pellet gun and I shot this squirrel. And this, this squirrel ran down, I hit him and he ran down the branch, like right towards me and stood there and then dropped off. And like, I fucking cried and cried and <laughs> cried until I got home. Like it hit me like nothing has ever hit me uh, other than, you know, the loss of like people in my life. But like, I remember it and I've told this story before and, actually done me okay but anyway i uh i was so upset i just couldn't stop i was inconsolable and i i remember like so i was like 10 then but i was just like and my dad was trying to get me you know he's trying to get me to latch on and uh like holy shit man i like i remember my mom my mom thought something happened like i got hurt just the image of this poor little squirrel that i hit poorly and it ran, it just came down the branch, like right towards me. And then just dropped off. I was just like, and my dad was so fucking cool about it. Like he never pushed me after that. And I had respect for animals. And so when I got into hunting, um, you know, when I went after that very first big trophy animal, which was that goat that I killed um, on uh, Mount Seton, it was like, for me, it was like, it was just such a hard thing to do because uh, I just got into hunting, learned archery, became obsessed with mountain goats, you know, told people that that's what I wanted to do. And they just like, I had zero support. In fact, like quite the opposite. It's kind of like, okay, big white hunter, let's, how about you fucking kill a couple deer, you know, like mountain goats, like, come on. So anyway, I went and did it. But it was just, I've never, you know, you like you chase that high. That's the highest I've ever been in a hunting situation. You know, you're by yourself 
far away from everything. You know, you spent spent three days trying to put stocks on that goat, and I got them with my bow, which to me, I was like, it's rare that you actually do something like the first time. I, I sure as fuck haven't. Um, but, but for me, that was significant. So it just, like everything changed. My priorities changed um, outdoors and, um, and hunting. But hunting in a certain way uh, became kind of everything to me. And then, you know, this business has grown out of it. But I've looked at, you know, the, the times that I've had with like Jeff King and his wife Jolene and my friend Darcy and like Ben and, um, you know, like Garrick, uh, Johnny, like Nathan, the guys that I've, I've hunted with out there. And I just can't get I just can't get over it. And so I don't know, something clicked, Kyle, like it's just logical to me. Like wildlife and habitat are finite, but they're renewable. They're mm -hmm. precious, but they're renewable. Mm -hmm. And it just makes no fucking sense to take without giving something back. You can't maintain a balance that way. Like there's, there's no way that we can hunt these animals. Uh, like talking just from the hunter perspective, like the dent that we put into them, we have to give back somehow. So, you know, I, I'm always in awe, like on Facebook, when you guys put up pictures of like, projects that you guys are doing, you know, or just little things like the Spence's bridge, you know, like when people go there to view, like time is not my friend. I, I just don't have that resource. Um, I'm a workaholic and our business, you know, it's a small business, but it's, it's busy and it's, it's pretty big. It's diverse. And I just, I'm here every day. Anybody, anybody that knows me knows that I am like here every freaking day. Cause it's just stuff that has to be done. No one else can do it. And I see those pictures of, of, of people out there having fun and you guys are like donating your time and like actually doing things like with your hands. And like, I'm, I'm jealous because I would, there's really not a group of people that I wouldn't rather hang out with or talk to. Like they're the best people. But if you can't do that, then you better fucking throw some money at it. Plain and simple. Mm -hmm. um, there, there's, there's plenty of guys that I don't know what they really think of me. But that I've called, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we're talking gear, right? And then they start asking me, you know, because I've I've been in a few places, not not as much as I'd like to, killed a couple of sheep, you know, been, you know, put put a couple of stories out there, and you know, people kind of dig that, and so they they want information on you, and then soon I'll give them a bit of information, and sooner or later especially if they bought something, I'll just say, do you have a membership to WSSBC or, you know, like wild sheep society at all? And if they're like, well, I don't know, like, holy shit. Like that's where I just lay into them. You know, I'm just like, you just, and I flat out, <laughs> I don't care. I think, you know, me, Kyle, I really don't give too much of a shit about the next dollar. Like if I don't express myself sometimes, like I think my head's going to explode and I just can't, it just, it gets under my skin and I'm, I've literally said, so just wait a minute. You just spent like, you just bought a Swarovski spot and scope and you can't spend 35 bucks on a membership. Like if you're hunting sheep, if you're hunting goats, you buy a membership at a minimum 
to support con conservation, period. If you buy a fucking riverboat for 80 grand and you don't have memberships, I'm sorry, like that, that's pretty selfish. And I don't, I don't give a shit if people hear this and never buy a thing from me, but I, I just can't get around it. So <laughs> if you, if you're not supporting and it, you know, I'm, I'm biased, right? If you're not supporting the single best conservation wildlife organization that we have here in British Columbia by a wide margin, well, you can go spend your money somewhere else. That's cool, man. Very cool. Uh, can't top that for a marketing uh, call right there, eh? Well, That's it's awesome. the truth. And I've fucking, I've, I don't know how many memberships <laughs> no I've, I've browbeat. It's more than a few. I mean, at some point, I'd like to look at the <laughs> the list. I've never done that and been like, did that motherfucker buy a, did he buy a membership or was he just bullshitting me, right? Um, I mean, because I'd like to know. But I think that people should actually be really thankful. They should be thankful that, like, we're all busy. Everybody's super busy. We all have so many things. Like, I, to this day, I have no idea, Kyle, how you've been able, I'm going to start, you know, scratching your back a little bit here because it doesn't get done enough. Like I have no idea how you're able, like your energy level um, in anything you do, like how you've been able to put so much energy. Uh, like I'm going to take it a step further. Cause I remember the sheep show, you know, like we were corresponding and like transactional type stuff and, you know, talking to the sheep show and stuff, but we never like spent a lot of time like bullshitting and stuff. But I just knew like you were really pumping the Jurassic classic. And I just saw how effectively you were doing it, listening to you talk to people. And then that convention where like you took the reins, I remember telling Garrick, I told the whole room of guys, like it was me and Garrick and Jay Earl and his brother, Ty and Sean and Carl, like my like intimate group of, um, you know, sheep bros, my brovises, right. I'm like, you just watch like shit's going to happen. That guy doesn't, he fucking doesn't, he takes no prisoners. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying this to compliment you. I was like, he doesn't give a shit. He's just going to get stuff done. And once in a while I call a spade a spade. And I mean, the, the society's benefited so immensely from your, from your leadership. It sucks. Love David, but it's, you put a lot on him to try to accomplish what you did in short order because you know, you're, uh, you're a doer and not a talker. And, um, and, and that's, kind of where I'm coming circle with this, like people need to recognize that they don't have to plow snow. Okay. Like these organizations that are out there, the good ones, they're, they're run by passionate people. You just got to help them, just help them a bit, right? Whether it's like wild sheep or Rocky mountain goat Alliance, or, you know, some other, other area of charity, or conservation. I don't care like if you want to give to whatever it is. Just don't be lazy and selfish and do it. Everybody can spare 35 freaking bucks. Like don't go through the Starbucks drive-through for a couple of days. Put yourself through that. That's your martyrdom. Just save that money. So when it came to this shit, I was like, you know what? Like I can help a bit. And so, you know, we sort of and you're always awesome. I just call you and I'd be like, "Hey, what about this?" And you'd be like, that's a good idea. And I'd be like, what about that? And you'd be like, maybe that's not as good an idea. It's an idea, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you, 
you find ways of kind of, you know, <laughs> well, you were fuck man. Like you, you framed it in ways. I'll just be like, okay, not that time. Let's just keep throwing stuff on the wall. And then we find things that, that, that work and, you know, and thank God some of these things have evolved because now look at the, uh, you know, look at the environment we're in. We can't have a freaking, you know, a convention. Yeah. So we, we have to appeal to people's ability, like their desire to help. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we, we definitely have to evolve. And, and that's the thing, um, you know, you brought in, you brought something to the society we've never seen before. This is something super unique. And um, the, the cool thing that I love about our relationship with you is that, yeah, you show up um, and you're, you're willing to put your money where your mouth is. But it's not just uh, oh here here's something just do something with it no you know like you're you're vested like you you truly believe in what you're doing you want to see the best benefit that we can do the best job possible you don't want to waste these resources you know these resources are precious that you've uh, that you've acquired for us you've allowed us to access and um, you make it work right so um, you know it, it's funny you sit there and say well you know I don't have the time so I just you know I, I support with you know money or, or donations or whatever, whatever terminology used. And that's, that's absolutely not false, uh, true. You know, here we are on this call, right? Um, you spend an hour and a half with us today. And how many times do you and I talk? It's probably certainly monthly with somebody from the society. Um, you start adding up those ta th that time and you, you're not getting paid for it. It's volunteer work. To, you don't even take that anything. You don't even recognize that you're doing it, but you're, you know, look at the time you're donating on that end too. Right. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're super thankful, man. And, um, you know, the, the just day in, day out, the support you've given us and, and no surprise that you were the, you got the President's Award two years ago to our, our uh, sheep show in Kamloops there for sure. You, and you earned every ounce of it for sure, man. So just super grateful for what you've done for, for the industry, really, like really the, like the, just the lightweight back country mountain hunting experience industry, but then on the conservation end, that's just a whole nother level too on top of it. So well, I, super I grateful. That. I just can't thank you enough. Uh, I appreciate that, Kyle. I just, and I'm being sincere with this. Like, if you if you can do something, then you should. Like, that's the essence of charity. And um, I think that we've all been. I certainly see it through COVID. Uh, you know, I've, I've sat in a pretty weird, unique spot. I think with COVID, just given the dynamics of our business and just what I've observed, but. Um, you know, hitting like or sending, you know, like heart on your Facebook thing doesn't do shit. Like you need to actually, mm -hmm. you need to, you need to do stuff. You know, my staff, it's going to take a brief moment to just kind of, you know, like our staff, especially in our grocery stores, you know, like from the first, from the crack of the opening starter gun, it was bedlam. And, um, you know, they didn't, we didn't know anything. Like, do you remember how this all started? It was, it was the day before the freaking sheep show for us. That's when it really mm -hmm. exploded mm -hmm. and it hasn't been, you know, quote unquote normal ever since. And, uh, you know, at our level, like we're, you know, we're small format grocery stores. We had like people were just piling in here cause we had toilet paper and other places didn't. We had like, uh, what was it? Uh, uh, yeast. You know, like we're like an 8,000 square foot building and people are just piling in here and we couldn't buy PP&E or gloves or like hand sanitizer. And like my staff are like face to face with hundreds of people every day. And, um, 
you know, they needed a paycheck, but so many of them like stepped up because they knew they had to, you know, I, I remember like one of, one of, um, one of, one of the people that's been with us a really long time, Jordan, like she just, you know, talked to our general manager, Michelle, and came to me and said, can I start two hours earlier? Which is like 5 a.m. And I'm like, why, why do you want to do that? Like, you guys are exhausted already. She's like, no, there's too much to do. We need to be ready before the, the tide hits. You know, like, I got so many people that just just gave her. Like, Mike, my right hand in the optics, like, I had to kick him out of here lots of the time. He's like, boss, what can I do? I'm like, fuck it, go home. He's got two kids. He's like, oh, you know. So, like, my, my one of my butchers, Julian, like, he didn't take any days off, period, you know. Um, I think you've met Michelle, uh, our general manager of the three G's, like, you know, she celebrated her 20th year with us during this stupid thing. She like, she's from when it started to September, she didn't take a single day off and we're a seven day operation. And why? Wow. Because that's like these, like people recognize when they're needed, when they got to step up. But I think everybody needs to step up right now. Like we're kind of, some people think we're through this thing and then we're not even close. And so, you know, mm. whatever it is, like they just gotta, just gotta give it a little bit extra. So, I mean, we got to figure out this next year how to have a successful convention without having a convention and, and ultimately not making it feel like a cash grab. Right. But yep. money needs to flow in to do the good work. So I don't know. It's not, I appreciate all those words, but really, it has to be done somehow. Someone has to kind of do it some, some way. Yeah. I absolutely. wish more like I kind of, you know, there's, there's a couple of other dealers out there that I, I'm going to start just harassing them and calling them out just to like step up in other ways, you know, whether it's like, I don't know, you know, I got someone to kick in recently, um, you know, some freebies in town here, something I've never really done before. And, um, you know, you, and, and you, it's learning how to, to get those donations or partial donations for, for good causes. And, and we need more of that, mm -hmm. but your cause is yeah. one that, unless until I became, until I become a, uh, member of PETA and a vegan, uh, I'll <laughs> be supporting <laughs> wild sheep <laughs> until I die. Well, we don't want to lose you to that, so we better keep our act together here. So that would be a, that would be a bad thing to lose you to that the dark side. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, Omer, we've already taken an hour and a half of wow. your day. Uh, super thankful. I'd love to. We could. Well, I get on the phone with you. It's funny when I see you calling or I'm calling you. I'm like, yeah, it's going to be quick, and then an hour and a half later, it, it never. It's it, it without fail. Never matters. So it's a nice way of saying um, I'm a windbag. Thanks, I appreciate that. I get well. I don't know. I'm not sure, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, certainly appreciate all you do, man. Uh, can't thank you enough. And uh, let's do this again in the new year. We'll get back together, um, sort of once we get some normalcy, and uh, we'll talk gear that on that one. Uh, this maybe is great. We had a really good cross section. But. Yeah, maybe something more coherent, right? <laughs> and I'll try uh, to watch was, the swear uh, words. Was, yeah, yeah, right. That's not going to happen. <laughs> I thought you were this time. All right, guys, uh, awesome, so buddy. Much, well, we can't thank you enough. Appreciate, Appreciate it. it, and uh, we'll we'll stay in touch. Take care. Good Have boy. a good one, bud. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.